You're listening to Things of Faith. Welcome to the episode on the Holy Spirit on Things of Faith. We are glad that you downloaded this. We're glad that you're listening to this. Hopefully you are doing well and we can continue this wonderful conversation about some of the core doctrines of Christianity. So once again, uh, Pastor Stoops and I are here to talk about the Holy Spirit. Are you ready, Stoops? Oh, I'm I'm more than ready, Pastor Scott. <laughs> We're going to start today with something that could be confusing. So we are acknowledging that up front, and the reason it's confusing is because we are going to start deep into one of the greatest mysteries, one of the greatest tensions that Orthodox Christianity is going to have, which is that of the Trinity. We've moved from God the Father and God the Son, and we're going to talk about God the Holy Spirit. And as um, Supes and I were preparing, realizing that one of the great things about the Holy Spirit is, is that the Holy Spirit is the God that when we talk about is the, the person of the Trinity, is what I should have said, is the person of the Trinity, that when we talk about experiencing God presently, experiencing God in worship, um, filling us up to give us words to pray, that is the Holy Spirit. That is the responsibility, that is the role of the Holy Spirit. But then in so doing, you go, okay, so if that's the role of the Holy Spirit, then where's God the Father? And where's God the Son? And in order for us to talk about all those things, we don't want to have you pull these people apart to the point where you're placing God the Father here and God the Son there and God the Spirit around us, but yet give the response, give the um, right due to the Holy Spirit for his presence. Mm -hmm. So you can hear even in my struggle for words that there becomes this, this great tension, this great pulling that is inherent in this conversation. So again, sorry to confuse you at the beginning, but welcome to Things of Faith. So <laughs> now that I've started by confusing them, Stoops, you want to say a little more about that or yeah, move into where sure. God the Father? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So let, let maybe just back up a step. So if you're, if you're coming in, just again, Orthodox, you know, right belief, Christianity, what we've believed for 2,000 years is that there is one God, right? The yep. Shema, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hero Israel, the Lord is your God. The Lord is one. We believe in one God. Right. And we also believe that one God has revealed himself in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We see that in Jesus' baptism as well as in the Great Commission, right? Good. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yep. And so – it, we've had to hold those two things that seemingly contradict, how do you have one God and three persons, but we have to hold them in tension. And one of the ways that they've talked about that tension has been this Greek word, just stick with me, I know your Greek might be a little bit rusty, so is mine, right. but the idea of perichoresis. And perichoresis means a, a dance. It's this idea that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, though they are in some way distinct as persons of the Trinity, they are so united in this dance together that they're they're inseparable, but that they are uh, that they that they together are of one substance and God yet three persons. And if you can see my hands, I'm kind of <laughs> rolling them around yeah. again and again. You know, kind of think of like a fidget spinner going around and around. Right. 
And that, that's been used as a technical term, this kind of dance, this perichoresis, to talk about the relationship of God, that God is uh, Inside himself. of himself, right? Inside yeah, it, of God. It, himself is a relationship. The Godhead right. is its own relationship. And you know, if we look at the biblical story, then we go, well, where is humanity, right? right. And from the very beginning, God didn't need a human family. God Important. isn't standing up in the sky right. lonely, right. but rather he, is, he wants to bring us in. Right. And after the fall, the way he brings us in is through the sacrifice, the cross of Jesus, the resurrection Good. of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit applying that salvation right. to our lives, to our hearts, and then even more than that, dwelling within us to draw us into the dance, yeah. to bring us into the family, if you will, of God. Right. And when I pray before my sermons on Sunday, I say something very similar every week, and it usually involves open our eyes and our ears. I really like the phrase that Eugene Peterson gave me, chisel eyes and ears out of our granite heads so that we can hear and see the message that you have. Indwell my words, fill up my words so that you can have the power of, of the preached word here. And I'm asking for God the Holy Spirit to make a way for what should be impossible, but for sound waves through air to penetrate and chain our hearts and our minds and drawing us into that dance. And that is the miracle of the Holy Spirit, of faith, that he does that and that he's not far away, but he is in that room filling us up, giving giving inspiration to my words, giving inspiration to the listener um, to the to the viewer to be able to have that movement into that dance, and so the reason that that we want to make sure we we give credit to the Holy Spirit is that that is it's the it's the part of the Godhead that we are the most intimate with. Now we we think a lot and we see a lot about the cross and the resurrection, which is rightly to be worshipped, we think about the creation, because you can't not with looking at creation. And God, the Holy Spirit, when he is doing his best work, is pointing us, guiding us towards mm. the work of the cross and Easter, having us delight in the the creation. And so in some ways, he delights in the fact that he's not on center stage. And there's a real beauty in that part of the Godhead, while also, though, um, ten having a tendency then for us, especially in the Lutheran Church, we have this tendency to jump over the Holy Spirit to get right to the sun. Mm. Right? Yeah. Well, or what we can do, and again, this is a little technical, but like a lot of times in like particularly the Lutheran heritage or similar um, mindsets, will we'll talk about the gospel or talk about the word. Yep. And it's actually it's actually the Holy Spirit that's doing that, right? Like, yes. oh, the gospel was preached and people responded. Well, that's right. that's the Holy Spirit yes. um, Good. using our ordinary words, just like right. the same way that um, you know someone might be praying, like, oh, I, gosh, I wish God would encourage me, and the Holy Spirit, you know, you know, kind of uh, puts them on your heart, right? That's the, right. you know, you, you have a burden for them, or you know, yep. whatever kind of evangelical phrase we would use. But but suddenly you're you're being that answer to prayer. The Holy Spirit is the one yes. working through, bringing us all in the dance together. Yes, and that's that's really important for for us to to recognize 
um, I liked I liked that thought that we very often will cover the Holy Spirit with other very good church words, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I felt inspired. Well, yeah, the Holy Spirit did that. Or I felt called to pray for you. Or the gospel was preached and people came to faith. How? The Holy Spirit. All of those things are mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. God is not absent from us. I mean, just in a very real way, I did a funeral a couple of weeks ago and sit around the table with the family. They the verse that they want read was the Romans verse where it says that the spirit intercedes with drones that you, you know, when you have no words, he talks and they found great comfort in knowing that even though they have no idea how to move forward, that God is in them, giving them himself. Hmm. And that, that's the power of the Holy spirit. And so just a, yeah, wonderful reminder Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that this could be like the practical encouragement, right? So, so you're you're a teenager, you're listening to this, and yep. you're like, oh, like I I want to pray, but I just I don't I don't have the right words. I don't have any of these or thous. I don't sound yep. like you know the King James, right? Um, like, and and sometimes it's like okay to just be silent, yeah. yeah, you know, and just let let the Spirit intercede for you if you yep. will. Just like if you had a good friend next to you, and yep. you're like, hey, dude, you're like Scott, you're you're way better prayer than me. You you pray. Well, right. sometimes yeah. you just gotta say, hey, Holy Spirit, you you pray yeah. for me. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, and or even just being present in the in the presence of God and saying, Lord, you, do what you will, and the Holy Spirit does that because again, and I feel like this thread has run through all of our talks on the Father, the Son, and now the Spirit is the closeness and the relational nature of God, and and that. That to me is one of the great distinctions between what Christianity proclaims about God and what every other religion proclaims mm-hmm. about God. God's desire is relationship. God works towards relationship, not we spend time working towards relationship with him. So, okay, now that we thoroughly confused you and we have um, thrown Greek words at you and we've talked about the Trinity and you guys all probably have paused us and have moved on to the Lakers podcast or something like that. <laughs> How about the Cincinnati Bengals who are going to well, be in the true. Super Bowl? In the Super Bowl. I know. The Lakers are not playing well, but my Detroit Lions are never good, so I couldn't go there with that reference. Um, let's let's move into one more thing that we wanted to, to bring up, is that one of the clearest teachings when we start discussing the Holy Spirit is found in the Gospel of John when Jesus is teaching and preaching and praying uh, right before the cross. And so the back half of John is all Holy Week stuff. It, it spends a little bit of time, if you looked at the text on Jesus' ministry, a ton of time on his time with the disciples, his time then going to the cross and the resurrection. And so here we find this great text where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit, John 14, starting with verse 15. And I really love this text because we hear this word, and starting in verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Now, this word advocate there, when you, again, now we're going to give you two Greek words in one day, uh, the word advocate there is this word paraclete. And if you go to the King James Version, they actually don't even translate this word. They just leave it as the Greek word paraclete written in English. And one other funny side story, very quick. I was watching the Spelling Bee Championship on ESPN one year, and mm-hmm. paraclete was an English word they had to spell. And I thought, ah, that, I know that one. <laughs> That's one. I would do well for that one. <laughs> that but, seminary degree finally paid <laughs> off. Yeah, onomatopoeia, that did not help. Um, <laughs> the, the next word. But the 
this word paraclete, the reason the King James people decided, the translators decided to not translate it is because with that one word comes many possible English definitions. And the, the problem is, is that that word para at the beginning, it sets a position in relationship to the subject. So it's either in front of you, to the side of you, or behind you. And that word para can put it in either of those places. And if you put the Holy Spirit, if you put this person, this advocate that Jesus is praying to come, if you put this part of the Trinity in front of us, you have an advocate, someone who goes before you. I always think about a person with a machete, right? Chopping their way through a jungle. Huh. You don't go machete with that? That's that's not where I started, but I, I like it. I like <laughs> okay. it. So I always think of God, God the Spirit, going in front of us, hacking our way through, getting us to those things that we just said, getting us to faith, getting us to God the Father, getting us into that dance, doing all of that work, mm-hmm. uh, standing in front and doing that work, right? Yeah. And and then the practical point for, for anyone listening is like, like, sometimes you feel alone. Yeah. And sometimes you feel like, no one has your back yeah. and no one is for you and right. it feels like the world's against you and stuff. But man, God, the spirit's got that machete. Yes, he does. See, and he's going to town. Going to town. You don't know the way, but he knows the way. And I've mm. never, I've never been in a machete jungle, but if I were, I would imagine I don't know the way. And then boom. And then I'd probably have a whole conversation with my machete person about, did you know that Paraclete has this really interesting <laughs> <laughs> Thing. Um, okay. So God the machete wielder in front of us, advocate, if he's to the side of us, I always think of this as, I think you said the ESV, does it do friend or what does it do? The, a helper. Helper. Helper or um, counselor. When yeah, counselor. I think to of me. to the side, I think of counselor or helper, which is like a pal. Um what, we, just, we just talked about this, sitting on a park bench, not knowing what to say. Hey, can you pray for me? Mm-hmm. Um, can you can you give me advice on what what's the next thing I'm supposed to do? You know, saying you're not alone. Yeah, God's right there, wanting to say, yeah, let's let's try this. Um, I'm never going to abandon you. I I'm clearing a way for you, but also mm-hmm. I'm going to be there to rely upon. Yeah, yeah, because we might go, well, I know what God's calling me to do or what God's calling me to give up or what God's calling me to take on or yeah. what what the next steps might be. But, I mean, I don't I don't know if I got the power to do don't, that. Right. I, don't, I don't have the willpower to yeah. do that. I don't have – and it's like – yeah, I mean, it, it kind of a, the excuses we like to come up yeah. with. Yeah, exactly. The Holy Spirit's like, I'm your helper, dude. I'm de- right. Like, that's – I'm not letting you go. I'm going to be mm-hmm. right there. I'm going to – you know, when you have a friend who's right by your side and when you walk in – and you know you you need that person, that is the Holy Spirit promises to be that. And so then the last position that the Holy Spirit can be in because of this word is behind us. Now, I always think of this, you'll see it translated sometimes as comforter. And I always consider this to be the person who comes up behind us and gives us that very like big strong hug and holds us amidst things that are overwhelming, um, amidst things that we can't handle, and just like goes, I gotcha, you know? 
And the kind of hug that, you know, again, I, I think of it as like you know, Super Bowl season here, like the big, strong, like somebody who is taking care of you. And we we need that because this world is just too hard. It's just too hard mm. to to navigate on your own. It's too hard to go through. And, you know, as I mentioned, so many losses around our church right now, um, so many different things going on, doing, you know, I've done three or four funerals in the last two weeks. Like there's just, you're with these families and you just realize if we don't have that God there comforting us, what what are we doing in mm-hmm. memorial services? Like, and he's in that room, he's doing that work. And I advocate for those services for the for the lost ones because God does some powerful work in there that is the the work of the spirit the comforting of the spirit that to me happens nowhere else it like gets going when you just say okay we're going to open hmm. this space up to be reminded of the powerful work of the spirit in this family hmm. so yeah yeah, and I, well, and I think that's kind of a unique thing that we as followers of Jesus can bring to the table when it comes to loss, right? Whether whether it's yeah. loss of a loved one or loss of disappointments or grief or or uh, unmet expectations, uh, those kind of things, that um, that we can be open to that kind of healing and stuff. Because a lot of the world, you know, when it faces and, – and gosh, even our temptation is that when we face that kind of loss, we want to distract ourselves. Yeah. We want to entertain ourselves. We want to forget. We want to mask. Numb. Whether you know, numb ourselves yep. with with substances or other things. Yeah. And or video so, games or yeah. Whatever. I mean, like yeah. like like that's kind of part of the crazy part of Christianity is like saying like, hey, we're actually called to be most human, uh-huh. and that means that we will face loss, yep. but we're not doing it alone, right? And we're not doing it in our own power, and we don't have to have all the answers, and we, you know, I mean, just. There's a, a freedom yep. even with the fact that we, we are going to face loss. Yeah, exactly. And the paraclete having those positions is such a beautiful reminder of what God does. Um, that And so I always – I just really liked the fact that with this word like – there's so many words that they could do that with. But with this word, they were like, nope, we are not going to translate it. <laughs> we're going to just leave it open. And that's phenomenal to me. Yeah. Well, and and I think just to bring it full circle, I re- I, I want to go back to something you said because I think it ties into all of this is that part of the Holy Spirit's like heart and role as a person of the Godhead is to point to Jesus. Right. Um and I mean, you know, like that's the beautiful thing is it's like it's not just this impersonal force that like gives you a little pick up and go like, hey, you can drink a cup of coffee and, you know, you yeah. know be good to go. But but rather he, he's, he's, he's kind of pressing us towards Jesus and pointing us towards our salvation, pointing us towards the source of our yep. redemption and towards the love and acceptance and grace that God has offered us in the good news. And and so it's not just, hey, he kind of gets you through today, but man, he's pointing to to where we want to go. Yes. And he's pointing to Jesus. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing, right? That, that that's the mm-hmm. the gift that we're given that he is present and and wants to get out of the way. And so, you know, he's not the Holy Spirit is not a god part of the godhead who's trying to go, "Oh, don't forget about me." Mm-hmm. But delights in the fact that He's brought us to Christ. 
brought us into that dance, brought us into the life of God's family and this, this movement there. And so, um, yeah, I guess be, be aware, be on the lookout for where, where God is doing those things for you and don't just jump over them and maybe, maybe watch your language sometimes and watch yourself go, Oh, that's, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for, for doing that work in me. And thank you for giving me that peace. So, well, if we haven't thoroughly confused you all, if you haven't switched over to the Cincinnati Bengals podcast to, and this is before they're going to play this weekend, so we're not sure mm-hmm. if they win or lose. So whenever you listen to this, you'll know. Yeah, you, you already know <laughs> you more already than we do. Know more than we do in the future. <laughs> but um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys and girls. Thank you families. We are enjoying doing this, and I hope you're enjoying listening. So talk to you later, Pastor Stoops. All right, you take care, Pastor Scott. God bless. Bye-bye. You're listening to Things of Faith.